If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Man on the line, turn the game again. Everybody's gonna lose, and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Get Rich Quick with Josh Endo. right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. You're home for Get Rich Quick, the number one show in terms of total shows <laughs> on Radio Free Brooklyn. Um, we got to take our number one status wherever we can get wherever it. Wherever we can get it. We <laughs> have the most shows of any show, guys. That's right. We are we're number one yeah. in total shows. In volume. Yeah. <laughs> volume. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's sort of that's the way I look at life. Yeah. You don't it's not about quality, it's about volume. It's about volume. Yep. Yep. Give people as much as they po- can possibly take. Yeah. And they'll just keep coming back for more. Yeah. Give it to them a lot of it and cheaply. Yeah. The dollar menu philosophy. That's right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is a show where I, Josh Rubin, and I, Noel Deneen, come together once a week over a single topic, and from that topic, our fertile minds spew forth a garden of ideas on how to get incredibly rich, incredibly quickly. Uh, we don't ask for any money up front. We do ask for a little on the back end, but Noel's going to tell you about that in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> We uh, we're not. Did you hear about Tony Robbins? Oh, you did because yeah, you sent, sent me that thing. You. We're number one now. <laughs> in in what though? In volume. In volume. <laughs> we're still number one in volume. Yeah. I don't think we have as much volume as he does right now. Yeah, his is getting purged. Is it? Is it all getting purged? To anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, Tony Robbins uh, apparently is getting called out for being sexually insensitive. Not just sexually insensitive, but insensitive to trauma, right? Traumatically insensitive. He's 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 telling women who are victims of sexual abuse. Yes. Yelling at them and screaming at them, which I think to be fair to him. Mm-hmm. Not that I particularly want to. Okay. But if you've ever seen, uh, I've not been to any Tony Robbins events. I know some people who f- are fucking nuts for him. I know this couple husband and wife they are nuts for him uh-huh. so nuts for him that he went to a uh, one of his things said it was so life-changing that she had to go he wasn't going to be in the tri-state area anytime soon so he sent her off to tahiti sure where he was doing a thing there i think it's called he made it happen he made it happen <laughs> right exactly um <laughs> Uh, but that is part of his thing is when you start talking about anything in your life that you think is holding you back. Yeah. Right. He yells at you. Basically, one of the things he does is he yells at you. Okay. Basically telling you to get over it. All right. Right. Because that's what's holding you back. So he's so if it's someone, you know, so in his mind, I would imagine. Yeah. Whether it's sexual trauma. Yeah. Whether you were abused or raped, whether it's physical trauma um, whether it's emotional trauma of any uh-huh. sort, he doesn't care. He lumps it all together in the same basket of shit you just need to get over. Okay, you know. Um, but yeah, he's getting he's getting raked over the coals. He's walking on fire, and it's burning him. It you know is what I'm burning saying? Burning him. 
So there's got to be all these guys, these wannabes out there, like the Grant Cardone yeah. and the Ty Lopez's. Nipping at our They heels. must be, well, they must be like like sharks in the water, man. Yeah. They must be so stoked. to. They're like, oh, there's an opening. We can get his people. They, there must be people getting bombarded. We, we got them all. Yeah. Why wouldn't we? Yeah. We're number one. In volume. <laughs> in volume. <laughs> um, anyway, so we're not the Tony Robbinses of the world. No. We're not the Grant Cardones of the world. No. We're not the Ty Lopezes of the world. Mm-mm. We're not even the Daniel Alleys of the world. Although we aspire. We can always aspire. We don't give you this one-size-fits-all recipe for success. No. We don't give you this, oh, if it's not working for you here, you need the next tier. No. And then you need the next tier. We're not a pyramid scam. No. We're not a multi-level marketing scam. Mm -mm. We're the real deal, guys. We let you decide. We believe that you have free will. You can do what you want, when you want, how you want, whenever you want. And you listen to all of our shows and you take whatever ideas touch you. Because I believe that the real secret to getting rich Uh is the passion you have for what it is you're doing. Okay. That's my little tip for you. All right. So if real estate isn't your jam, why are you trying to put a square peg in a round hole? Yeah. But if being a bounty hunter touches you in a special place, you listen to our bounty hunter show... And you realize how you're going to step be the step or steps above those other bounty hunters mm-hmm. and get incredibly rich off of it. Yeah. So that's what we do, guys. Yeah. And then, and then you've made all this money, and then and you've made it so quickly. We're not talking about like thirty years from now, forty years from now. We're talking a few months. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. Yeah, mostly. When you're sitting on your pile of gold, diving around in it like Scrooge McDuke, then Noel. This is the part where Noel tells you what you guys got to give us. Yeah. What do they do? After you're sitting on your pile of gold, you realize, hey, (coughs) these guys aren't like sexually insensitive Tony Robbins. Well, Noel is. They're not telling us just be good and get over it and make it happen. They're giving us specific instructions on how to get rich and not just on one topic. On more topics than any other show on Radio Free Brooklyn. That's right. In terms of volume. (laughs) In terms of volume. (laughs) So I should remember them. Yep. Give them 10% of everything I made since we got rich. Tithe us. That's all we ask, guys. Yeah. We don't ask you to worship us. We just ask you to give us a little taste. Yeah. You know, we're not like a church even though we are like a church. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, I didn't wear these priest robes for nothing. (laughs) It's true, guys. He's been coming into the show every week wearing a priest robe. Yeah. It's a little disturbing. Making Josh wash my feet. Uh Uh-huh. That's just for the bank. He keeps asking me how old I am. Yeah. (laughs) You can take that anywhere you want. Anywhere. Uh, Anyway, guys. Anyway. So, Noel. Yeah. I was thinking, Okay. I was talking to my mom uh, uh, the other day, and she reminded me, I had totally forgotten, that uh, at one point when we were living in St. Thomas, uh-huh. uh, there were a, a lot of filming going on there. 
Um, they filmed a couple movies down there and a few TV shows, specials. And she somehow, because they were sort of looking for, you know, when, whenever companies, big production companies go down to a place that they don't have any foothold in, mm-hmm. they look for a fixer or something like that to help them with certain things. Sure. And because my mom kind of knew a ton of people and she was a very social person and, you know, owned a local business, somehow she got tapped for, for helping out uh, with casting, with locals casting. And so I was actually in several, not several, two TV shows and two movies mm-hmm. as an extra. And w- one of those, and this is, was, uh, it was a season premiere of both, uh, and I think it was like a two or three episode arc. Mm-hmm. I think it was like, it was basically Charlie's Angels take the love boat to St. Thomas Crime happens on the love boat. Charlie's Angels solve it on St. Thomas and on the love boat. And it spanned a love boat episode and I think one or two Charlie's Angels episodes. Okay, yeah. And, they used uh, to do a lot more of that crossover <clears throat> stuff. Yeah, it was a big crossover one. But they were introducing the, the, the newest angel of the time, which was Shelley Hack. For those of you that are Charlie's Angels fans, you may not remember her. But the cast at that time was... Uh, uh, Cheryl Ladd, mm-hmm. um, who I was madly in love with. Okay. Um, uh, who was the brunette? Uh, shit, what was her name? Okay. I can't remember. But anyway, the brunette, the modelly brunette, and then Shelly Hack was, was going to be the smart one. Okay. Right? And uh, Who was replacing <clears throat> Farrah Fawcett, I guess? No, Sh- Cheryl Ladd replaced Farrah Fawcett. Okay. Um, it was the, the one with the bangs. I can't remember her name either. But uh, of the original angels, it was originally Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. Um, the one whose name I can't remember. And okay. then the one with the bangs who was supposed to be the smart one. Okay. Right? The other two were the, you know, the hot blonde, the hot brunette, and then the sort of mousy. But of course, she was beautiful as well. Sure. Um, the normal looking, but she was so smart that she needed to be an angel. Anyway, <laughs> I was on this show. I had a couple... <clears throat> moments on uh, 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 Charlie's Angels, one where I was like the paper boy and I ran up and I tried to sell them a paper. I didn't have any lines, but I waved it and they just ignored me. Um, another where I was in way in the background jumping off of a, a raft in the ocean uh-huh. with a bunch of my friends. <clears throat> then uh, uh, another one where I was on the love boat, but I think I got cut out because I had just come from a Little League game uh-huh. and I was in full... <laughs> baseball uniform, <laughs> just on the boat. Yeah, full and, and at one point, at one point, the director said, after several shots, uh-huh. said, "What is this kid doing in a fucking baseball uniform <laughs> on a cruise ship? Can someone get him out of here?" And so I got, I got gotten out. And I don't recall seeing myself. I feel like I would have stuck out pretty well yeah. in that one. But I was thinking about, I was young. Uh-huh. I was probably. Uh, you know, six. Okay. But I was uh, experiencing things at that age. Sure. I don't know how old you were when you started uh, getting aroused by things. I don't things. know if the, there was ever a start time. Yeah. And I uh, uh, I had a real thing for Cheryl Ladd. Uh-huh. I used to watch Charlie's Angels, uh, and I was always naked as a kid. Okay. I would just run around the house naked all the time, but I would put clothes on because I was afraid that they would see me naked through the television. 
I was very I was very aware of that. Yeah. And I had special feelings for Cheryl Ladd. Okay. It was it was like I was in love, like genuinely in love. And uh I'm on set on the beach. This is the part where I was sort of jumping off in the background, jumping off the raft. And I'm just running around on the beach with my friends, I'm running around, I'm running around, and I turn around and look, and there's Cheryl Ladd in a bikini uh-huh. with a belly chain. Okay. Laying out on a chaise lounge. Just between takes on her own. Yeah. This wasn't just, part of the just, show. Just hanging out. Maybe waiting she was waiting to for meet setups. You, dude. Well, you know, <laughs> like literally 10 feet away from me. Okay. And I stopped and I stared. And I stared and I stared and I stared. And she's wearing shades. I mean, she's looking, um, you know, like she was glowing. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. <clears> and <throat> she sat up and looked at me and took off her sunglasses and looked dead at me and said, Hello, little boy. Uh huh. And I started to get a boner. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and I was wearing a Speedo because I always wore Speedos when I was a kid. Okay. It was, you know, and it's like I'm getting a boner. And I freak out and I just turn around and run away from her into the water. Okay. And then I'm just standing in the ocean about waist deep, chest deep, something like that, just staring at her. (laughs) From the water. And she's looking at me like I'm insane. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, if I had been a Mm grown-up, it would have been the creepiest fucking thing ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, she, I remember her, like one of the, the, the ADs came over to her and said, oh, you know, I guess was telling her in, in retrospect, probably telling her we're getting ready to do the shot. And she starts talking to the AD and is sort of like looking over at me and then the AD's looking over at me and I'm just standing there staring at them with this boner in the ocean. <laughs> <clears throat> but the thing I was thinking about was, yeah, that would probably still happen to me. Okay. With, like if I were... If I hadn't been six, if I had been 49 like I am now, mm-hmm. it probably still would have happened and I wouldn't have known what to do, you know? And the reason I wouldn't know what to do is because I was never equipped yeah. with, I was never taught how to deal with people in proper social situations. Sure. I was never taught to be an adult. No. That was what my takeaway from it was. You're still a six-year-old with a bonus. <clears throat> I am. That's exactly what I am. Yeah. I am a, and so ladies, don't shake my hand. Don't say <laughs> no. don't say hello to me. No, it's a you're you're it's going to be embarrassing for both of us. Yeah, that's so. So we were talking beforehand, trying to figure out what to do, and he just drops this. Like I'm like I guess I could I had I had a few people over the other day for uh, like a housewarming thing, and I'm like I could it was talk a lovely about that. housewarming party. Uh, and then Josh nonchalantly drops. Oh, what am I supposed to talk about? The time I was. On- the love boat <laughs> charlie's angels and they got a boater in front of cheryl teeks and had to run into the ocean lad lad, lad whatever teeks. it's a big difference and and those of you that know know it's a huge difference i was like yes that's what you're saying dude well there you go i said it because <laughs> it was a great story <laughs> 
Well, anyway, Noah. Anyway. The purpose of my telling that story yes. was for one reason and one reason only, which was introduced to introduce today's topic. And I think I laid it out pretty good at the end there. <laughs> yeah. But guys, it's not about boners and it's not about Charlie's Angels. Wait, oh, I, got, I did the wrong research. Uh-oh. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but what it is about today, Noel, is... It, today's show is about adulting. How to get rich with it. How to mature your way into riches. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Done. All right, Noel. Well, how are you going to do it? Ah, uh, we're jumping right in, I guess. Eh? Well, what I mean, we killed a lot of time. There. I don't know if we did. Ah, <laughs> uh, you guys, the term adulting uh, became popular. In the book by Kelly Williams Brown, uh, an adulting is how to become a grown. Oh no, her book was adulting, how to become a grown up in 468 easiest steps. That's a lot of steps. That's a lot of steps. Uh, but it was originally termed in 1998 in Chicken Soup for the Soul at Work. Uh, so why did it take really so long to stick? I didn't realize that. I yeah. didn't see anything. Oh, about you that. didn't see the Merriam Webster definition of it because it went on ad nauseum mm-hmm. about, and then it appeared here, and then it appeared here, really? and then it appeared here. It was exhaustive every time any reference was ever made to adulting uh, in history. Wow. But the first time ever was 1998 in Chicken Soup for the Soul at Work. They really made a chicken soup for the soul book for everything. Yeah, yeah. Chicken fruit soup for the soul, podcasting. Yeah. That's what you need to write. Just extend the chicken soup for the soul brand. I I might, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because chicken soup for the soul, remember, number one in volume. Number one in volume. Number 12 in quality. Uh, so, yeah, why did it take so long for adulting to stick? Well, let's just look at it first, right? What What is adulting, right? It turns being an adult into a verb, right? It's not who you are, but it's something you do. Yeah, that old noun to verb thing. Yeah. I was trying to do something on that, uh-huh. on the idea of a noun to verb thing, but then I it's... Everything I was thinking of has actually been noun to verb oh, already. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so let's people define themselves as they want, not as an adult, right? Uh, a lot of people see problems with this. It infantilizes people. So it took the uh, what many people consider what infantilizes people adulting infantilizes people like right okay yeah. as, as opposed to the whole noun as, to as verb a, thing as opposed to becoming an adult right adulting removing it from your identity right allows you to be remain an infant running around in a speedo with a boner <laughs> for the rest of your life and not a creepy old man uh-huh. uh huh so. It it took what many considered to be the most infantile generation to embrace it and run with it. And we're talking about the millennials, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so w- we as old grumps, 
we can complain about this or we can embrace it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, seeing as millennials will soon be the bulk of the people engaged in adulting, I think we should embrace it, mm-hmm. right? Because there's actually a lot of advantages to turning being an adult into a verb, right? It's no longer <clears throat> an identity or state of being. We can we can carp carpment the uh, carpment. Compartmentalize it. Compartmentalize. Compartmentalize it. Carpetmentalize it. <laughs> Carpetmentalize it. Carpetmentalize it. Uh, right. And what can be carpetmentalized <laughs> can be productized and sold. <laughs> productized. Right. Packaged. Sold. Yeah. You are adulting by just changing the language. That's right. You are the new Miriam's Webster. I am. I'm Marion's Webster. <laughs> My name is actually Marion yeah. Webster. Webster's mom from the series, Miriam. <laughs> uh, I didn't get a boner on that show. I don't believe it. Well, okay. Um, Alex Karras was hot. Who's Alex Karras? He's the one who played the dad on Webster. Oh, okay. The former football player. All right. That knowledge finally came to use. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm surprised I remembered it. I forget everything else, but that suddenly popped in my head. Yeah. Anyway. Go on. Continue. So, so if we can carpetmentalize, <laughs> productize, uh-huh. package and sell a being an adult, what what do we need, right? Mm-hmm. What what can we do? So I'm gonna ha- I got several things here. Okay. Right. So one way to do this, right, is to take the bore out of the chore. Right? Mm-hmm. Get older, you get. There's things that need to be done, and you got to do them. I read an article from the past week saying more than half of Americans admit using swimming pools in lieu of a shower. Uh-huh. And it's. I'm sure we've all done this yeah, at a time. You know, you're hot and sweaty. You're you're late for a date. Uh-huh. Whatever the cause, you jump in the pool instead of showering. Clean off, make yourself a better person, even though you know you're not really taking care of I feel like, though, that if you are doing well enough that you have a pool Mm -hmm. at your home, Mm -hmm. then you've been adulting for a little while. Yeah. I'm just saying. But continue. Maybe you live in an apartment complex with a pool. Oh, you've got to bring up my complexes. Maybe you're in California or Florida. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... So it's easier. It's more fun, right? If we use that concept for adulting, you can make self-maintenance chores more childlike and fun. So one thing I thought of is you can have a water slide with ridges on it, like a washboard. Mm -hmm. So you can wash your clothes by going down the water slide, right? It's like hand scrubbing your clothes. Uh Uh-huh, yep. Uh, There's lots of things like that you could do. Um. So you hop out, then you change into another outfit, and you shoot down the slide again, and you yeah. hop out, change into another outfit. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Good time. Mm-hmm. Laundry's done. Done. And you've got like a tan. Yeah. You're relaxed. Well, you're wearing all your clothes, so we're, you don't have a tan. Well, you got a- But you're relaxed. A head tan. Okay. <laughs> uh, so where you can't make it fun- you can make it a service, right? Um, so I was thinking there's already so many services built around 
the things we need to do as adults. But what there isn't is drop-off dishwashing service, right? It's like plated or one of those blue aprons. Mm-hmm. But it's just for just for your dishes. Right. So you just dump it in a box, mm-hmm. uh, drop them in the mail. They come mailed back to you clean. Mm-hmm. Some things, though, you can't make fun, and you can't make a service. There's right. just certain things. There's no getting around. You got to do as an adult, mm-hmm. right? I thought back to Granimals. Do you remember Granimals? Yeah, sure. Matching your clothes. Matching your clothes. And they'd put the monkey on the stuff. The monkey shirt mm-hmm. would match the monkey pants, would match the monkey underwear. And anything mm-hmm. with a monkey, you could put on and it would all go together. Anything with a giraffe, you could put on it would all go together. Anything with a lion, you could put on it would all go together. Kids thought it was fun. And yet it didn't survive, did it? No, it eventually didn't. I don't I don't know why. I mean, I used to see there used to be commercials for it all the time. But anyway, continue. Yeah. I don't know why. I was think it's funny you're doing a thing because I was thinking about Garanimals the other day. Were you? Yeah, well, I was thinking about how unfashionable I am. Okay. And I have a, like while I can I appreciate fashion, I can see things and be like, "Oh yeah, that does look good together." I can't look at myself and put on clothes and be confident that it's like a good look. Okay. And I was thinking about they really should do, do adult versions of Garanimals. Sure. But they don't. And then I was like, "What happened to Garanimals?" And I didn't bother googling to find out. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway, guys. Uh, so you're going to sell adulting kits, mm-hmm. right? Office supplies, things for cleaning, right. et cetera, all mm-hmm. the boring crap that you have to one by one by one go out and accumulate. You're going to sell it all together in a pack. Uh, could be bought for a kid by their parents as they move out, mm-hmm. you know, much like uh, pots and pans kids tip- typically are now. Does it come with an instruction video as well? It could, sure. Uh, I think a lot of the thing is, is, you know, a lot of these kids aren't taught yeah. how to be an adult by sure. their adults. And so they have, they just don't have the skills to do it as well. Okay, yeah, so you can make the most boring videos ever, mm-hmm. and put them out there. Uh, and you can, uh, mark the items with the animals according to the tasks that they're needed oh, for. okay. Nice. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, in general, office items could be jungle animals mm-hmm. and then tax things that you need or bill paying things you need might be all lions. Uh, and you, you could break everything up according to what their use is. Uh-huh. All right, I like that. Right? Mm-hmm. Things for removing hangnails uh-huh. might be a penguin. <laughs> Things for cleaning the tub would be a polar bear because uh-huh. they're all Arctic <clears throat> animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that, and that's that's it. Three ways to make money <laughs> off of productizing... <laughs> adulting make it easier make it fun or just do it for them yeah you should also uh-huh. you know yeah way for you to make money is to trademark the word productizing 
because I don't think it's an actual word. Productizing? Yeah. We use it at work all the time. Do you really? All the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe Productizing is taking anything. And turning it into a product. And turning it into a product. I understood the, the concept so of it. So you take something that's like a work of art that only one person at a place can do because mm-hmm. they're the genius at it. Mm-hmm. You figure it out. You document it. You hand it over. Here it is. Do this step by step by step by step. You've productized it and you've removed the art from it. <clears throat> Like our show. (laughs) Number one Uh in volume. Number 99 (laughs) in artistic content. We're just going to fucking hammer that into the ground today, aren't we? Um, I think it's a great idea, Noel. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, I, you know... I I did find, you know, that it was a, a sort of a limited... Yes. Uh, topic. You know, and we sometimes have troubles with these limited topics, and mm-hmm. I think we probably did. Josh picked it. Today. I did. I did pick the topic. Noel suggested it, but I picked No, it. I didn't suggest this. Yeah, you did. I always suggest the topics, and you did not take any of my suggestions this yeah, week. Yeah, but I took it from a previous suge- series oh, of Oh, was it at one point suggested? It was the last, the previous ones. I think you misread. No, no, it was right there. I can't imagine I ever put this one forward. If you put a, if you send me some that don't register with me, what I'll do is go through old ones because mm-hmm. you always send like three or four, mm-hmm. and we pick one from that one. I pick one from that from the group you send, and then we generally don't go back over. But sometimes, okay, instead of telling you to send me another group, mm-hmm. which I probably should have done this time, uh, I go I went back and looked, and I was looking at the previous group, and I was like. Uh, okay, adulting, I guess. So I apologize to you, Noel. Okay. It's my fault. All right. But anyway, Noel, when I was thinking about adulting, I was thinking about, you know, these goddamn kids, they're all about the adulting. Yes. And, you know, I know plenty of people from our generation, Generation X, that had a real hard time becoming adults. Mm -hmm. I'll say I was one of them. I won't lie. I'll admit it fully, 100%. I'm just barely beginning to be an adult now, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, almost dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I was realizing is, when you hear people talking these days All right. about the generations and the generation gaps, mm-hmm. you hear about millennials, yeah. you hear about boomers, yeah. and us, Generation X, the latchkey generation, mm-hmm. we're squeezed out of the conversation. <laughs> right? You got the millennials. They're the laziest bunch of sacks of shit on the face of the earth, and all mm-hmm. they do is complain and and get a trophy for everything. Yeah. You got the boomers, the most entitled generation yeah. that ruined the country, Yeah, basically, as far as anyone's concerned. And just like we were when we were kids, forgotten. Yeah. Um. And I was thinking about that, and then I looked it up, and apparently that's true. Um, They are a demographic that is uh, constantly missing from any stories about generations, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, for exactly why I said. Yet, our generation, the Gen X generation, which we are solidly ensconced in, Mm -hmm. uh, represents 84 million people in the U.S. alone. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Okay, Um, and we're all at this point in our late 30s to early slash mid 50s. 
<clears throat> some would say that that puts us solidly in the middle of our life. Yeah. And what I realized is, is that like I'm going through now, mm-hmm. most of our generation is deeply, deeply immersed and mired in midlife crises. Okay. Right? And I was like, well, that was something that as a child, as a teenager, I was used to make fun of, right? The guy with his, the bald old guy with his little sporty car and uh, his younger girlfriend and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, what exactly is a midlife crisis? Like, what are the signs of a midlife crisis? So I looked mm-hmm. it up, and some of the things they, they mentioned, obviously, uh, unexpected changes in personal appearance, including different style of clothing, mm-hmm. makeup and exercise routine. Oh, and you've started wearing makeup. Yeah, <laughs> and I started not exercising. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I continued not exercising. Yeah, but in a different way. Yeah. Look, if I had a lot of money, yeah. I guarantee you I would have bought a sporty car. Okay. Like, without a doubt. And I probably would have gotten hair plugs and uh, electrolysis on my back. Okay. <laughs> electrolysis on my back. <laughs> gotten tattoos covering yeah. my forearms. Um, uh, really? Uh, the only thing that's <clears throat> kept you from getting covered in tattoos is money? You know how expensive tattoos are? Like, yeah. good tattoos? Yeah. I'm not going to go out and get, like, shit tattoos. All right. Because there's 50 bucks a piece or something like that. That's an embarrassment. No, there's a few things that uh, 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 have stopped me from getting tattoos. All right. Not the least of which is that there's nothing I can commit to having on my body for the rest of my life. That would be the biggest thing. Although I was thinking about getting a uh, tattoo of Cheryl Ladd and me in the background in the water or in the foreground with a boner as a six-year-old. Yeah. Someone going through a midlife crisis may surround themselves with younger friends and ditch their older friends Mm because there's nothing that makes you realize you're aging more than seeing your friends aging around you. Yeah. I think that every time I look at your round little face. (laughs) I fortunately have been gray and balding since I was in my 30s. Yeah. So like my friends look at me and they're like, you look exactly the same. (laughs) And I'm like, I caught up with myself. I finally caught up with myself. Yeah. Um, uh, people suffering through a midlife crisis may seem irritable or angry. Um, like your bowels. Like my bowels. Uh, they may demonstrate an increasingly erratic decision-making process. What it is essentially, what, what it all boils down to, mm-hmm. is adults looking to recapture their childhood. Yeah. The, one of the reasons an expensive car is, is, this, is the sort of go-to is that the car symbolizes success and youth. Mm-hmm. Two important needs of someone suffering through a midlife crisis. So this is my recommendation. Okay. We're going to literally turn adulting around on its head. All right. We're going to create youthing. Ah. Uh. We are going... To start a massive marketing campaign geared directly towards Generation X, our generation. Uh-huh. They are going to latch onto it <clears throat> because nothing is marketed to them anymore. Mm-hmm. We went from being, I would say that it's a, I, I would say it is fair to say that our generation mm-hmm. uh, was sort of the real beginning of mass marketing 
pump to younger people. Yeah, sure. Right? The realization that it was the younger young people that bought all the movie tickets, mm-hmm. that uh, any any consumption of popular culture yeah. was all young people. Mm-hmm. So at one point, we were the most important consumers in the world, mm-hmm. right? And it, things were marketed to us. And as we got older, you don't see it anymore, man. Yeah. What do you see? You see ARP commercials and medication. I was going to say, yeah, statins are probably yeah, marketed exactly. to us. <laughs> and although if you look at those people in those in those ads, they're all much older. Yeah. They're all in their 60s and 70s. Yeah. I mean, I would say. You know, I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, the only thing you see marketed to us where it's people in their 40s and 50s is Viagra. Sous vides. <clears throat> Sous vides? Yeah. Sous vide machines, you think? We're the target market. We are the target market, but it's not like they're specifically marketing. You know what I mean? It's not like they're, you're not seeing sous vide commercials with a bunch of, you know, 45 year olds sitting around drinking Bud Light and, and, you know, on their deck in their shorts, uh, sous viding together instead of barbecuing. Yeah. That's not what you're seeing, man. You know, maybe Johnsonville Brats commercials. Those are sort of pushed towards us. You know what I think it is? <clears throat> is the generation right before us. And I don't mean the boomers in general. I just mean the people maybe like 20 years, up to 20 years older than uh-huh. us. They're the first time people started realizing that people our age aren't just old people. Right. Right? So they started getting all the marketing to them. Yeah, and they kind of skipped us. Well, but no, when we were kids, we, we were got the first, hammered yeah. with marketing. Yeah. Because it was the realization, like I say, I think it was genuinely the realization that young people drive consumerism. Sure. When you get to a certain age, you're just, you don't care as much about shit like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened with me. There was some point between iPhone 6 and 8 mm-hmm. maybe that would make it iPhone 7 <laughs> um, <laughs> that i stopped giving a shit about getting a new iphone yeah you know what i mean and now i've had this phone for like 4 years yeah i just don't care that kind of stuff doesn't impress me anymore i stopped caring somewhere in my 30s about like being the first to see a movie mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't make these guys want me. They're not going to get me to see this movie 14 times. I'll wait till it comes out on uh, one of the many cable channels I'd pay for. Yeah. And you know I'm an old man because I still have cable. <laughs> um, That's why you know I'm young. <laughs> that's right. You're no still cabe. young. That's part of your midlife As crisis. As we call it, cabe. Cabe. No, I, I've <laughs> never had cable. Not really at nah. any point in your life? Not, not since I've had r- roommates. Uh, oh, because they had cable. 23 years ago. Really? Yeah. It's been that long since I've had cable. Because you just didn't like watching television? You're not a TV yeah, guy? Yeah, it was never a priority f- to me. And uh, yeah, it seemed like a stupid thing to waste my money on. I found it was the only way I could see reruns of uh, Charlie's Angels mm-hmm. was to have cable. Because it wasn't shown on regular television. No, just in your mind. Yeah, I just had to rewatch that moment over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Anyway. So first thing you're going to do uh-huh. is you're going to kick off a massive marketing campaign directed directly, directed directly, directly, directed, pointed at, yes, pointed to Gen Xers yeah. like you and I. Yeah. That's just going to make them feel good right from the jump. It's going to be like, hey, are you this age? 
are you from this generation? Yeah. You were once the shit. Remember that? Well, you can be the shit again. Yeah. And you're going to create all sorts. You're going to basically rename midlife crisis. You're going to take the stigma away from it. Mm-hmm. You're going to then create activities and uh, 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 centers, essentially, mm-hmm. where people can go and youth. They can learn all the slang that the kids are using today. They'll be taken to all the hot clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever the kids do today, I don't even know. They'll learn how to Instagram and be forced to Instagram constantly till they get it out of their system mm-hmm. and then go back to being whoever it is that they are. Yeah. But then that will translate to, because I'm telling you, when those millennials become middle-aged, I although I wonder that if the millennials, when they become middle-aged, they're going to be constantly marketing to themselves anyway because they think so highly of themselves. Maybe. But anyway, so that's it. You thing. Yeah. That's good. That's good. You guys, hey, Josh just laid it out there for you. If he gets enough money, he will start <laughs> covering himself in tattoos. Yep. Help that happen. Go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Go to the Get Rich Quick At with least Josh. two full sleeves. Two full sleeves. Yeah. Go to the Get Rich Quick with Josh Noll show page. Hit the sponsor button. With a giant chest portrait of me as a six-year-old with boner. <laughs> oh, make it happen. Make of... it happen. Make it yeah. happen. It's going to be several thousands of dollars, guys. I, mean, I think we're probably looking. Thousands. 20 grand is probably going to be what, what's going to make that happen. Yeah. So go to the RadioFreeBrooklyn.org web page. Go to the Get Rich Quick with Josh Noll show page. Hit the sponsor button. Pledge an amount. Half that money goes to Josh and I. To populate Josh's arms full of 70s, 80s TV icons. 90s. You can throw 90s in there as well. No. <coughs> just the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Just the... Just well, her. you had just said her. Love Boat. Yeah. Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Well, that's because I was on those shows. You could just basically storyboard the whole crossover episodes. That whole... Do, just do storyboards of the episodes. I don't think that the situation I was in was actually uh, storyboarded or in that episode. Was. You think it was? Yeah. You think they were secretly shooting it? Yeah. And you know... Uh, what? I got something really rude to say. Say it. Okay. So, and then you could have it all storyboarded all over your body and then, <laughs> right, on your crotch, uh-huh. you could have little six-year-old you with... Where my penis is, so my, my, coming out. my, my grown-up wiener is going to be between the legs of six-year-old yeah. me. <laughs> You're a terrible human <laughs> being. <laughs> He's kind of hilarious, though, right? Uh, so, guys, uh-huh. make this happen. Josh basically just committed to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, not that one, not yeah. that part, but I committed to the rest of it. Yeah. If you hate everything hilarious, you can go to <laughs> readyfreebrooklyn.org, hit the pledge button, Pledging them out one time are reoccurring. All that money will go to Radio Free Brooklyn. Not a nickel goes to Josh or I, and you've killed funny forever. Uh, you get a tax break because Radio Free Brooklyn's a 501c3 organization, and you're your killjoy. No one likes you at a party. No one likes you in general. It's uh, kind of like what you were at at your own party. Basically, I was a killjoy. Yeah, you were just running around. Like serving people and taking dirty plates away before people were finished with them. I didn't take anything before yeah, they you were did. done. I watched you, man. Yeah, well, 
you got drunk and you just started removing people's shit because you wanted them <laughs> out of your house. No. You were ready to go to bed. No. Yeah. We, you left. At some point, you started screaming, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Yeah. Last call, everybody. Yeah. And then I, I took a whiz <clears throat> in the closet. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Lampshade on the head. Yeah. Oh, well. You are 100% the lampshade on the head. Yeah. Uh. Uh, you want to support us without reaching into your pocket because you're cheap. You can. We don't recommend it, but you can. You can subscribe to the newsletter, Radio Free Brooklyn. You can download the apps, iOS or Android. We have apps for you, Radio Free Brooklyn apps. Listen to the station live. Listen to all the archives of all the shows, of which Get Rich Quick with Josh Noel has the most shows. Uh, <laughs> And uh, thank you for listening to all those plugs. We give you another little way to get another little rich. So, Josh, take it away. The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. Hey, what's Gucci with y'all, though, man? Let's get it. I'm trying to explain to y'all, like, I'm trying to make sure all my subscribers and all my peoples are safe out there, you know, as far as when they're doing their own business and, you know, stuff like that, it's rough. So let's just say, like, some, let's just give some examples real quick, you know. So, like, I got I got family members that own their own business, and I'm talking about they made over a million dollars in this business. No hype. Over a million dollars. So, basically, they get robbed sometimes. Like, sometimes there'll be a person who jacks a washer or a dryer or something like that, and it sucks because... It's not really like it's going to hold them down. It's just something that doesn't have to have to have to have to happen. Damn. It's something that doesn't have to happen. And things that don't have to happen is very good because you could be slowed down, but it won't stop you. But you could be slowed down. But you don't want that. They get finessed. They get underbitted. All that stuff, you know, and it's just hard for them to run the business and try to be successful when... It's not really a 100% deal that you're going to be successful. So what you're trying to do is you're always aiming for that 100%. So let's say you have a doubt in your mind. You want to be able to get rid of that doubt in your mind before you have this goal in your head. Because if you have doubts of this goal, you're not going to get that goal as, as fast or as good as you're going to get it with having the right mindset for um, that goal. I think why you like this guy so much. Uh-huh. Is that still Professor Booty Eater? It is. Okay. Same guy. His his actual handle is Young Mike. Okay. He doesn't start every, uh, uh, apparently, as I've learned, he doesn't start every video with his Professor Booty Eater. <laughs> well, he's going down the wrong path right there. Yeah, he really is. I should I should pull that and just start every video. Every, every <laughs> yeah, I'm Professor Booty Eater. With Professor Booty Eater. But um, I think what you like about him uh-huh. is he has the same sort of... Uh, disjointed thought process <laughs> as you do. And I think you feel like you found a kindred spirit. Uh-huh. I think he's kind of hilarious. He's pretty funny. He just, most of his videos, if they're not rap videos that he's done, uh-huh. is him sitting in his car, hotboxing the fuck out of it, smoking enormous blunts and joints. Uh-huh. Like enormous he also does a lot of weed videos okay. where like, he rolls or buys uh, these incredibly sort of artistic joints that like 
one is like this big fat scorpion mm-hmm. and so it's got like all the scorpion legs and a tail and you sort of smoke out of the tail and it's got like this big fat body just it's it's but yeah he just sits there hotboxing and getting high like if i smoked as much Can weed you ma- he, does he get paid out you think for this well he makes money from I youtube yeah well i don't know what he's enough got enough people watch him getting stoned dude has over money. dude has over half a million subscribers at this <sighs> point or close to half a million subscribers Wow, we have more shows. So, you know, how he makes his actual money, I don't know. I, yeah. Maybe he's dealing. He doesn't really <laughs> say that. He spent some time in jail as a youth, uh-huh. as a teenager. Uh, he you already said he's stacking cash yeah, last he's, week. He's definitely hanging around some shady characters. There's a whole episode. Uh, uh, one of his videos, one of his vlogs is about uh, getting jumped and how you can avoid getting jumped like he did. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean... And I guess he's apparently a popular rapper in San Antonio. Okay. Specifically right. in San okay. Antonio. He refers to himself as the number three rapper in San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I give him credit for being honest. Yeah. You know, he says there are two rappers that are higher than him. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, guys. So uh, we're, we're getting on with the show. Uh, we got a lot to go through, so I'm going to keep it tight for you. Um. What kind of lessons can we learn from adulting, right? Like we discussed, discussed, adulting turns an identity seen as negative into a verb, right? It disassociates yourself from it and keeps it at arm's length. Uh, it's refusal to let the world around us define who we are. Right, it can be seen all over right now nowadays. Not only with adulting, uh, but particularly with millennials, they do this with things. Right, so they've been redefining sexuality. Right, people aren't gay or bi or straight now. They're non-binary. They're gender fluid. All these things like that. Right, uh, they're redefining jobs. Right, you're not going to the nine to five. You got a gig. You got the gig economy. All this stuff like that happening, right? So where else can we apply these lessons of adulting? Anywhere else where we don't want to define our lives negatively, right? Which reminds me of the old joke, right? Murder someone once in 30 years, suddenly you're a murderer. (laughs) What? No more, guys. No more. What is that old saying? Yeah, you know, you murder someone once, you're a murderer. Okay, all right. But in 30 years, okay. I just had an age in there. Okay, all right. A millennial age. Oh, so at 30 years old. Yeah. Not 30 years later. You live your whole life. Doing all sorts of things. Doing all sorts of things. you murder one person. Playing video games. You're not referred to as a video gamer. Until you murder someone. You murder someone once. Took five minutes. Yeah, I got now you. you're a murderer. I got right? you. Yep. No more, right? Uh, so these are the things that you're going to do. You're going to be an image consultant for all sorts of things that want to up their image. These are things that people right now have a negative light on them. And you're going to work with businesses to turn that around, to do to adulthood what adulting has done, right? So you're going to have no more no-tell motels out there. 
You're going to turn them around, give them an image, an, an Instagram makeover, you could say, and they're going to be adultering camps, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not you're not a cheater. You just did some adultering. Yeah. Um, you're going to have race <laughs> racisming <laughs> events. That's already happening. Yeah. But yeah, but that's... it's not going to define you anymore. It's just going to be something you did. Right. Hat you tried you. on. Right. So, you know, you can be racist once and not be considered a racist for your, the rest of your life. Exactly. In fact, you can do racist, you can do racist 30 or 40 times. Yeah. And because of the other things you do, yep. you'll be defined by those things. Yeah, it's a hobby. Yep. Right? Um, so if you want to make some big money, it's on uh, other things, right? So you can go in, for instance, you can take a uh, a crack house or something of the sort, mm-hmm. turn it around. Now it's an addicting spa. So yeah. I, what what'd you do today? I, I, I did some addicting. Have you have you have you heard about how uh, uh, the common use of saying something is like crack is now frowned upon? Oh, really? Yes, it is because people who suffer from addiction to crack mm-hmm. crack uh, uh, are being uh, uh, you know triggered. Not triggered, but uh, being uh, uh, made fun of. Essentially, I think is the idea behind it. So, like. You know, milk bars, crack pie, mm-hmm. they're changing the name. Really? Yeah. Saying something is like, you know, that's like crack, people will poo-poo you okay. now. Like, you can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah. Which, like, you know, crack was our generation, man. Yeah. If anyone can say something's like crack. <laughs> it's the kids from the, the 80s. the fucking kids from the 80s. Yeah. Like, you know, I know what crack is like. Yeah. I saw it and may have even tried it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you don't have to call it that anymore. Now you can say you uh, it's an addicting spa. And I can tell you, if yeah. something is really good and you want to eat it or get it over and over again, mm-hmm. that's very much like crack. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm it's just famous, saying. It's famous for yeah. that. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And it, so that, that one last one in particular, like if you can get an image makeover for things like that, things yeah. that are actually addictive... That's where the money is because yep. people will be going back sure, and back. Sure, of course. And be like, no, I've just been, you know, addicting a lot lately. Yeah, <laughs> of course. That No, I like it. Yeah. I like it. That's solid. Good idea, Noel. So, Noel, you know uh, uh, <clears throat> I have a history of communities. I put together communi- as, as ideas, yeah, not okay. an actual life. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I think it's because... I'm so devoid of community that it's something that I desperately want. But, Uh you know, I do a lot of things with, like, turning things into old folks' homes, creating communities for retirees. That, And what I was thinking of is, like, so all these millennials, Mm -hmm. right? It's a double-edged sword. Because many of them are in these very creative-based jobs, Mm -hmm. right? Whether they're designers... Or, uh, uh, you know, in tech, on the creative side of tech, Mm -hmm. these are jobs that don't necessarily jibe well with adulting. Yeah. Right? Because adulting carries with it the stigma of sort of letting go of your childish things Mm -hmm. and focusing on the here and now and the mundane tasks of everyday life that eventually crush you and force you to have a uh, uh, midlife crisis. (laughs) Um, uh, take away your dreams mm-hmm. and uh, 
leave you barren. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so many of these companies, the Facebooks, the Googles, mm-hmm. the uh, the tweets, they don't want these people losing yeah. that youthful creativity. They spend a lot of time fostering that, right? Uh. Creative games, uh, video games, free food, all this other stuff. You know, but it has created a generation, a large portion of a generation that is not quite capable of handling their own business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of them even continue to live in their parents' homes. Their parents want them out of there. Mm-hmm. This is what you're going to do. You're going to create anti-adulting communities. Okay. And what they are is they are living communities where everything that these people need that are mundane adult tasks are taken care of okay. by the whoever runs the community, sure. by you and yeah, your yeah. people. All their taxes... All of their even banking, the mundane aspects of banking, mm-hmm. uh, laundry, mm-hmm. uh, cleaning, cooking, everything. Everything that their parents would be like, get the fuck out of my house and do this on your own. Mm-hmm. You are going to handle for them. The beauty of this is, is especially as they get older and they just don't have this knowledge how to do it themselves, you've got them hooked for the rest of their life. Oh, yeah. They rely on you so desperately for everything that you're going to have them from, you know, the minute they get out of college straight through to death. Sure. And that's a lot of money is all I'm saying. That is. That's a lot of money, guys. Uh, If you want to reach out to Josh and tell him thank you and give him some tattoo ideas, you can get him at GRQ Josh Noel. You can email him at GRQ with Josh Noel at gmail.com. You know, on Facebook at Facebook slash GRQ Josh Noel. Go on iTunes, subscribe, rate, review anywhere, as a matter of fact, where you get a podcast. And if you only listen to us in podcast form, we implore you, tune in Saturday nights, 8 o'clock, listen to the schemes five days before anyone else, get there early, listen to Art Star Scene, stick around later, and listen to the last of a few weeks of nothing but reruns after us. Do we know what the new show is yet? Uh, I've got it written down somewhere because I have to upload it soon, but uh, it's not there yet. Well, it'd be nice to know. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, we will debut. We got no time, you guys, to go through our ways of spending money to rate our ideas against rules for getting rich quick to which Josh calls off the internet. You don't have to. You know these are gold. And if you don't, it's because you're not an adult. That's right. So once again, for Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place. Gonna get rich quick This is my lucky day